Yo, what's going on, y'all? It's your boy So-So, in case you ain't no so And welcome back to another dope episode of Sports with So-So. Coming to you live, y'all. This week, we break down the Marlins' recent homestand, we check in with the heat rumors, and we also break down the 150th Open. It's time to take a ride, y'all. Let's go! That's what happens when it's not as many topics, right? The intro seems that much shorter. So yeah, that's because it is. It is. And uh, hopefully this episode is a little bit shorter than yeah, uh, the hour that's and a half long episode we had marathon. last week. Thank so. you to anybody that, that listened to the entirety of it. Absolutely. And shout Some out good, to good Sergio, man, because we had an amazing conversation about the he and the Dolphins. Very, oh, yeah. very deep, very informative. So if you haven't checked that out, make sure to go check that yeah, out. It was one thing to have Sergio on the phone. It's a whole other thing to have him in the studio. Absolutely. I guess that's the same for any guest, really. But right. it was good to have him in the studio with for us sure. here. It took him a second to get, 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 get comfortable. <laughs> and then when he finally got comfortable, he had some really, really good takes. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Smart guy. Um, And uh, like you said, the conversation was definitely worth the listen right because if you're hardcore into the heat and dolphins like we are you're gonna find some gems in there um but we're talking about this week and what we going what we got going on this week and what happened this weekend um you you had a very interesting weekend bro you had one as well dude. absolutely I man mean, you weren't even here in this no in this side of the country no i was out in california visiting family um playing some golf out there in I valley oaks super that. nice course and uh, it was a good time, man. Always a good time to go out there. I mean, and like golf in California, man. Come on, man. Living golf anywhere, dream. you know. Living the dream, yeah. It's but true. California is nice. It's nice. It's different, you know. I bet. Um, something else. What I'm. What am I trying to remember, bro? Uh, oh, that's right. We're working on the 365 flag. Yeah. Uh, football. Football yeah. championship, man. It's like football championship. That's right. Well, we're also working on uh, the last game that we recorded, which is the uh, Bombs Over Baghdad versus... Uh, Primetime Outlaws. Primetime Outlaws. Game of the week. Make Back. sure to subscribe to that YouTube channel. We see <laughs> people getting those we numbers at? up. We're at 152, 53 last time I checked. So how many do we're we trying have, to, How many like, do we got to get to to drop this video? I don't know, but I feel like we got to get to 175. 175 is a good number, right? That Especially sounds... for all the stuff that we got coming up. You know what I mean? 100th episode. Um, some things that we're doing in that partnership with Miami Golf Rose, which if you haven't followed by now, you're slipping. Go follow those guys on Instagram. Make sure to subscribe to their YouTube channel as well. Um, we got a lot going on. So we need people to trend towards that YouTube channel. Start subscribing. Hit that notification button. And uh, trust me, you won't be disappointed. Yeah, so 152, you were you were right on the number. So 175, I guess that's 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 the goal. That's the goal. That's we, the we'll goal. We'll drop the video at 175, um, which is perfect because that, that buys me a little bit of time since, you, you know, <laughs> your boy's got a day job, man. I mean, it's, it's not tough. easy. It's tough video editing and having a full-time job and having a full-time life and yeah, man. golfing and watching golf. Right. It's a lot. It's guys. a lot. But you know what, everybody? I want you to put the pressure on Joel right now and go hit that subscribe button because if by the end of the episode, this is at 160, 160 something, he's going to be feeling the pressure to put that video. Well, up. that video might be done by the time, you know. We'll see. We'll just be waiting we'll on see. the subscribers to subscribe for us yeah, to drop it at sure, that point. For sure. So. Well, hey, man, talk to me about what you did this weekend, bro. Saturday, I saw you were out and about having a good time. Couldn't write back to a brother. Uh, my bad, dog. I was uh, <laughs> a little inebriated, as the, uh, ah, yes. the kids might say. Um, 
Yeah, it was a hell of a time, dog. I went to the Marlins game. We got a little bobblehead action. Let's go. Dog. Put that in the camera. Yes, sir. A little sir. action. I got you one player. So. For sure. Appreciate yeah, that. Yeah. Appreciate show, that. Show on your side right yeah, there. Yeah, we man. Go with. check that out, man. T-Raw, the legend. Yo, and it was so funny because, like, the whole running, you know, talk with that was, like, we've never been here early enough. To get one of these things. Everybody. Everybody <laughs> brought it up, like, at different points. Like, you know, I've never been here early enough to ever get the free thing that they give, the towel right. or the bobblehead or whatever. And we were there early because there was a beer fest. Nice. It was Roddy's birthday. Shout out to Roddy. Shout out to Roddy. Um, we had the squad out there and stuff, and we did the beer fest beforehand. We walked in. We got the bobblehead and all that. That was super dope. Um, and it was just a great time, man. I mean, we needed the alcohol. We needed the booze because the team was not performing to our standards, man. This was I mean, a rough homestand. We just had a seven-game homestand. And I think, you know, we were going into Saturday with good vibes. We had good energy. We were rooting them on. You know, there's a good good crowd out there. Right. And, dude, the Martins got shut out. Dude. Shut out the, pretty much the entire weekend. One run, three games. That's not going to cut it against anybody no shot dude. you know what i mean especially and, the way that this team has been playing and we got quality pitching you know we talk about that over and over again where the pitching is really good on the staff right and we even saw a couple of guys got brought up you know we, we're going to talk about max mayer and his debut from saturday the game that you went to but um even against the pirates you know where we split the series ended up winning the last two games of the series right Kind of felt like we were going into this homestand against Philadelphia with a little bit of momentum, a little bit of a chip on our shoulder, so close to 500. It's right. Like, man, and we then can feel it. We're nipping at the heels of Philadelphia as well. It's yep. like perfect timing. They're coming home, you know, to us. Right. And we're right behind them. We beat them a few games, and, you know, maybe we get to 500 or close to it, and we knock them down, and when it's, it's a, you know, it's closer. And man, that first game, we had Sandy out there on Friday night. Pitched, Hell of a game. Pitched a real good pitched game. Pitched a phenomenal game. Two to one, bro. And we lost that game two to one. Um, that was a heartbreaker, man. As you know, especially with our ace going into the weekend, I, I, I'm sure that that probably set the you know the the tempo. Um, so, you know that that was a tough loss. But then the next night, the night that that we went to the game, um, Max Meyer, you know, or Mayer Meyer, I don't know. I heard you I say Mayer, so Mayer, Max Mayer. Uh, I think it's Meyer. Meyer. Um, but anyways, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he he made his debut, uh, which we do have a a little clip here. You know? Yeah, man, we were, we were excited. And for he him. impressed. He impressed in his yeah, debut, absolutely in his debut, man. Here's uh here's a clip. Of his first major league strikeout. Try to get on 3-2, and Max Meyer has his first major league strikeout. That was, I mean, if you look at the action on this ball, though. No, kid has, has really good stuff. Really good stuff. Uh, went five and one innings, uh, gave up seven hits, five earned runs, gave up two home runs, and I think that's what killed him, right, where he made that one little mistake, and he figured out real quickly that in the majors – if you make that one little mistake, somebody's going to put it over the fence. Yeah, it's not a little mistake. It's not a little mistake, you know. It's a big mistake. <laughs> they started and teeing off on the kid, man. They did, bro. And But you, you said it. He has good stuff. He only gave up one walk, right? So, obviously, his command and his control is good enough where he can figure out where he wants to go attacking the plate. And he also had five strikeouts, which, for me, is impressive when you make your debut, right, and you're facing a, a, a formidable lineup like uh, Philadelphia can put up at times and go out there with confidence – Get five strikeouts, uh, really feel good about yourself. And, yeah, your team wasn't giving you the run support, so maybe that didn't make it easier, right? And you end up losing the game 10-zip. But he's got to feel confident in how he performed individually, right, for yeah. his first game. I think so. I agree. Uh, you know, he like I said, the, that first strikeout, which if you just look up 
Max Meyer first major league strikeout. You'll see this video that that we're talking about. Maybe I, I can put it. I don't know what the the whole rights thing is with the Marlins and the nah, that's not. But anyways, um, dude, I mean, it's just a, a sinking ball. Like you just see, the, you just see it drop at the very end, and, and that explains. I mean, I, I would like to see the numbers on what what types of pitches he was throwing to get those five Ks. Obviously, on this one, I think it was like a slider or a curve. Right. Um, but. Uh, he he has some good action on him. Um, it just like again the night before going into the series, our ace goes out there. We lose a tough one, two to one. It's tough. his debut on a Saturday night. A lot of hype, a lot of pressure. You know, we end up losing that game. I mean, and then the Phillies too. You got to give them their props. They were hot, bro. Those, they were. They, they had the, their bats were on fire all they weekend. Were. And 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 you know, I feel like it's that fatigue factor setting in a little bit for the Marlins too, right? Where they're playing so many games, just played four against the Pirates, and then you got to play another three against. You know, Philadelphia teams that you're trying to chase and catch, not easy, you know, but 28 scoreless innings is is not acceptable. You know what I mean? Like yeah. for a Marlins team that even though we know that they struggled a lot at the plate, th- that 28 runs is 28 scoreless innings. Come on, guys. That's like triple A team shit, yeah. you know, and we know that we're definitely better than that. The good thing is, is that the Marlins have a couple of days off. You know, they don't play again until Thursday, the 21st. Well, we have the All-Star game. Right. We have the All-Star game break. Uh, our starting pitcher, Sandy Alcantara, who I thought deserved to be named the All-Star starter, did not get the start. He got snubbed. You know, it got I mean, sn- not snubbed, but he, he Yeah, did. right. You could see the political wheel in motion, right? Clayton Kershaw, for those who don't know, got the starting job, right? Or will be the starting pitcher for the National League. Um, and Kershaw, game. Kershaw's a beast. He's a beast. He's having a hell of a season, too, right? A hell of a season, too. Um, the game is in Los Angeles. Obviously, Dodgers got the best record, so the manager is uh, from the Dodgers as well. So. Right. It makes sense that they go with the hometown guy, right? If the game was in Miami, Absolutely. I, I bet my life that you know Sandy, Sandy Sandy would be starting. So yeah. it's not a slight on Sandy, no. but it still kind of sucks. Yeah, it does because for us, for us obviously. You no, know, for Major League Baseball too, right? Because essentially the the best pitcher doesn't get the job. Not to say that Kershaw isn't a better pitcher than Sandy is. He obviously is, right? History has shown that. But the best pitcher right now in baseball is Sandy. Like that's current, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what the All Star game. It's kind of yeah, but, what a it quote unquote is about, but we know that. But some, then it goes back to that too. I mean, the fan, the Dodgers have a great fan base. It's right. in LA, like you just said. The the manager is, you know, they have the best record in baseball. It, it, it goes into all that too. All that factors in. Um, but we did get a couple other all stars. Yes, which was Jazz good to Chisholm. See. Jazz Chisholm, even though he's not going to play, man. You he's know, not. He got replaced, but that's only because he's hurt. Which is another reason why we we we've been struggling. I mean, we we could have used them in these last few games here. Yeah, and that and that injury to the back, like he's already missed, I believe, ten games, if not more. Um it's it's always a weird injury because it's just a tightness thing, you know. It's not like the back is broken or any muscle or, or bones or anything like that. It's a muscle issue. And those spasms can come and go. You don't need to be treated every day and, and see if he can put up with the rigors of swinging that bat, right? You're not swinging a bat softly, you're swinging Hard to hit the ball really hard, right? Especially him. Especially him, you know? Um, so his his absence is definitely being felt, right? Especially against a team like this or during a series like this at home. It's, Martin's got to find a way to survive. You know, I, I've heard a lot of talk about Don Manley really believing in Kim, Kim Ang and the rest of the, the staff there in the front office to pull some type of trade or, or something like that because we have pieces that other teams want, right? We t- we've talked about it before with Pablo Lopez possibly being a guy that we can, you know, get good prospects back or even a bat back for um, in exchange in a trade. 
But the Marlins have to be close to winning in order to entertain that, right? right. Like, and I'm not saying like, oh, we have to be right there for the division. No, but you got to be at least a 500 team. And you went from being one game behind 500 to not being five games behind 500, 43 and 48, you know, at the All-Star break. Is it as bad as we thought it could have been with the Marlins? No, right? I don't think you feel that way. Yeah, it could have been, it could have been way worse, bro. We could be like a 20-win team. You know what I mean? Season, and we've 20, seen 30 it. Point. And, yeah. and we're above that. We're not at 500, but we're, we're definitely above some of the worst seasons we've seen. Absolutely. You know what we want from this team that we know is a young team that's learning how to play together, really gelling the nucleus of the squad, right, for the next year and a half, two years, yeah. right? Because I can't say five-year project. The Marlins don't believe in that, you yeah. know. We'll do a two-year project real quick, and this is the beginning of that two-year project where you see the the impact the pitching and the offense has um, and how it needs to come together, you yeah. know. No, no, no. It, it absolutely does, but there's also the factor of the other 30 teams that are out there doing the same thing that the Mars are doing, and right. if they're not already there, they're ahead of us. So right. it's like we're playing catch-up to find that that right groove, but I think we're heading on the right track. I mean, that this year alone, we got three All-Stars, dog. Yeah, so we, we talked about Sandy, and we talked about Jazz. Right. The one we haven't talked about is your, your homie, dog. Mr. Consistency. Gary Cooper, you know, and um, he's not the flashiest guy. He's not, you know, the big name or anything like that. His game doesn't speak like that, but he just shows up and he balls out every day, man, you know, and and he's really been uh, a consistent factor for the Marlins offense, which hasn't been consistent. You know, for him to be leading the team in batting average at 283 just shows you. He's not, again, you, you, we have Jesus Sanchez, uh, Aguilar's on this team, uh, Garcia, Miguel Rojas, uh, Jazz is on this team. Soler. Soler is on this team. Like, all these better bats, guys that who, who technically should be better than what Garrett uh, Cooper is giving us, but they're not. Garrett Cooper showing up to play every game. He has 81 games on, played on the season. Only um, Miguel Rojas and Jesus Aguilar have played more games this season. So he's it's not like he's he's only showing up and putting up games when he plays. Not nah, right. dudes in it, you know. He, and he's just. I feel like he's getting his justification from from the major league like peers, right? Where they say, "Yeah, Garrett's killing it," and all the managers realize, like, I would love to have a guy like him on my squad. That's possibly another guy that we can trade, you know, and get something back for. But do you trade your best hitter? Because that's what it is right now. He is our best hitter. When you're hitting for average um, and your on-base percentage is .34, you have 82 hits on the, on the year, which is also leading the team. I mean, he's 31. I get you. But if you can, if you can cash in right now, you, why not? But, but uh, yeah. Is that, is that going to yeah. be consistent? You know, I know he's been so consistent for us right now, but is that going to be, you know, the same long-term? You know yeah. I, mean? I feel so, long-term, I, it we, probably, you probably make that deal, right? You probably have to make that deal. But I wouldn't want to At least consider one. You know, we never thought we would get rid of Jimmy Butler until fucking Kevin Durant became available. Yeah, but you know? uh, there's no Kevin Durant coming to see this Marlins team. <laughs> I, I, I got that. I get that. Don't worry. No, but I but, get I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. And, and, and I think you're right. Everything's, I think you're right. On, everything's for sale, bro. Everything's for sale, especially with this Marlins team. And he'll probably get back a good haul, right? Maybe I not say, something that does an immediate an immediate impact, but something more down the line. Here we go. Sale or not for sale? Okay. Garrett Cooper. Sale. Jorge Soler. For sale. Jazz Chisholm. Not for sale. Trevor Rogers. Not for sale. Sandy Alcantara. Definitely not for sale. Pablo Lopez, definitely for sale. I'm surprised. 
You, that, you said that I kept for wrong. Sale. Yeah. I, 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 mm, bro, I, I, maybe somebody can come in and be like, you know what? He's just having an, you know, uh, I know performing season, know. but he's still a raw talent. We'll still give you something valuable for him. I know, I but, know. but look, he's only 24, man, right? Six, yeah. five lefty. You, you, you hardly find good lefty pitching. And it's not like we need him to be the starter this year, right? He's really be struggling at home, two and six at home. Uh, his ERA sucks at seven runs. But I, his strikeouts are still there. His, um, you know, his location has been there. But he's just probably suffering from lack of run support. A lot of the times that he pitched last year, he was probably getting those run support because right. he's not that Sandy Alcantara type of pitcher where he's just gonna let us team score one run. That's not his game. But he should be able to do a little bit something more than what he's doing right now. So that's why I feel like if we hold on to him, he'll be a solid third, fourth pitcher for us, right? Especially if all the younger guys that we have under him, Sixto, um, that other kid that we just drafted that's coming up, Max Mayer, right? Meyer. Meyer. Uh, <laughs> Mayer. Um, all those guys can possibly be guys that are at the top, right? And you have that lefty specialist, which would be Trevor, right? T-Roll, and just keep him there on the roster. I, I don't like getting rid of lefty okay. pitchers that are like, no. that are young. Good, that's a valid point, you know. And look, we and, and we saw the need for a lefty pitcher on this rotation because I don't, I'm sure if we go look back to spring training when we signed Gio, it was that. Hey, maybe we add another lefty to the rotation, a guy who can come in and eat innings and and be consistent and and, and have some type of defense against left-handed batters. Right, that's what T. Rock could be. You know, let's see. Um, but interesting enough, in the, we're talking about the future of the Marlins, right? The Marlins did make a a critical step forward in that. Uh, the MLB draft was happening this past weekend, which is so. Odd, dog. It's weird. Like, the NBA one is weird, too, because in the middle of NBA but playoffs. It, but at least it gets hyped up. But it's in the middle of the playoffs, yeah. dog. Like, the NFL is the only one. This is another point to the NFL why they do things so right. Like, you have the draft in the middle of April, so it, it, it makes sense because your season is in August, so your draft picks come in, they get ready for it. Like, how does it, like, in baseball, I guess, they go. They don't go immediately to the majors. That and they go to the minor and league system. Like, uh, right. That's the main part of it, right? That there's and no basketball. It's the G League, exactly. Or they do make an immediate impact. If you're a top ten pick, right? You're kind of hoping that that kid makes the team at some in yeah. some way, right? Yeah. Maybe he's not a starter, but he makes the team. Right. Um, for baseball, it's more about, hey, kid, where can I see you in two, three years? You know, there's like what twelve rounds in baseball, something like that, eight, eight to ten rounds. I would have said 112, bro. It's the a way lot. That baseball does it's things. It's a lot of rounds, right? It's, it's a, a lot. It's a lot of rounds. A that, lot of players getting picked, and the fact that this guy got drafted in the sixth overall pick of the sixth whole draft. Of the whole draft. We're talking about Jacob Berry. Um, he's a third baseman slash outfielder from LSU, and we're gonna play the clip of him getting drafted, or at least being announced by the Martins. Here we go. With the sixth pick. Of the 2022 MLB Draft, the Miami Marlins select Jacob Berry, a third baseman from LSU. The Chicago Cubs have the next pick. Jacob Berry, a six-foot, 212-pound switch hitter. Uh, this guy had a dominant freshman year at Arizona. Transferred to LSU for his sophomore season. Continued to tear it up. Jacob Berry to the Marlins at number six. And we talk about the Marlins need an offense. That's exactly what they drafted this kid for. His nasty left-handed batter. Hits for power. Hits for average. Can get on base. Um, and just really brings a lot offensively, right? 
What's the downside, though? Talk to me. His defense is no bueno. He's an infielder, though. Uh, they said third baseman or outfielder because they're trying to really find the home ah. for him. His defensive, like, positioning, his footwork, right, is not up to par with the rest of the guys who are in that position that have played for as, as long as he has. Now, that, that doesn't mean that he's a bad baseball player or he's going to turn out to be bad for the Marlins. We just know that what his uh, uh, immediate impact is going to be on is going to be on the offensive side of the ball, right? Because it's supposed to just rip it in, in the minors where in, when he gets there. And I think he can because, again, lefties tend to do well in the majors, right? Um, but it's definitely something for the future, you know. And they also ended up drafting another guy um, later on in that, in the uh, another Jacob. Um, damn it, his name is escaping me right now, bro. I think it's Jacob Meyer. No, Miller. Something with him. There it is. A pitcher. Um, I don't, no, he's not a pitcher. But he's a, another young talent, right, that the Marlins got. In the draft, I believe he was another first round or second round pick. He was a second rounder, yeah. Marlins, uh, second round pick, Jacob Miller. Yeah, I, I, them looking towards the future, right? So weird that kind of weird we drafted two Jacobs, but yeah. He, but this and this one's a right handed pitcher from Liberty Union High in Baltimore. Look at that high so, schooler. Yeah, he's coming straight out of high school. And and from what the reports are with this kid is that he's a hard thrower, right? Has a lot of poise for somebody who's so young. Um, has faced really good talent, so he's not afraid of big moments. And he shows up to pitch, you know? So, let's see. Let's see. 18 years old. We know we're not going to see this kid for a while. Look, we drafted Max Meyer, uh, Mayer Meyer in 2020. It's been two years for him to get, and he was a number three pick overall, right? And was the Marlins' number one prospect for X amount of years. Um, and he just made his debut now. Right. When the team is like her, needing yeah. pitching. So, it's, so it's gonna, we, he'll have, you know, all, all of. He has at least 2025. Spring, I guess right. spring, I don't know. But he'll have all of next year, which will be 2023. And then he will he may make a debut in 2024, depending on how he plays. Correct. So, like you said, we have the All-Star break this week. Um, home run derby is tonight while we record, which is Monday. And then the All-Star game is Tuesday in, uh, in Dodger Stadium, like we mentioned earlier. I don't know, man. I don't know if I'll tune in. I'll probably just catch the end, right? Because of what the All Star game itself. Yeah, you know, I hardly know. Let's be real. I, I, nobody watches, bro. You know what I'm saying? Nobody really watches. Everybody I'm gonna, probably I'm tunes into in the home run derby. Bingo, bingo. And then we get to start the second half of the season playing a makeup game against Texas on Thursday, and then we start a road trip. A one-game home game against Texas on Thursday, July 21st, and then hit the road for three straight against Pittsburgh, followed by four straight against Cincinnati. Yeesh. Before we come home to face the Mets again. Double yeesh. It's going to be rough. Well, no, and the Martins are in control. You know, they have a chance to make it right and, and to do something, you know, positive to help themselves get to 500. That should be their goal. Forget the playoffs. Yeah. Let's stick to 500 <clears throat> I mean, or before, as close as possible. Before the homestand, that was the goal, right? I think it is. It, I mean, it's obviously still is, but I'm saying it was it was a much more achievable, reasonable goal <laughs> when we had, set, you know, five, six, seven games at home that we were right. looking forward to. And we just got swept by the Phillies now. And, you know, we split the series with – um, with, with the these, Pittsburgh, with, with Pittsburgh, with the Pirates last week and stuff. So I mean, it's it's just dwindling, you know. And and, and for us to really, I mean, a month ago I was like, oh, we've really got a shot at making the playoffs. And then, and then right, right now it's like, all right, you know, we we have a shot at figuring out what we really need to focus on in the offseason. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Know, that playoff door, I feel like, opens, closes real quick. Yeah, like, it's creeps. a day-to-day thing. Oh, you won three games in a row. It might crack open. Is that the rest of Oh, the- you lost the game against Philadelphia? 
completely closed. But you the know? rest of the division is still doing their thing, bro. Hey, we're fourth in our division, and we're still not at our best, but that just shows you how strong the NL East is. It is very strong. Right? Very strong. Very strong. But, but the Marlins are hanging in there. Got to feel positive about that, you know? Barely. But Barely, we, but, but, we're but we're feeling positive. It could be worse, bro. It could we've be, seen, yes, We've seen yes, worse with yes, the Marlins. We've gotta, we always got to keep right. that in the front of the mind. You're absolutely right. <clears throat> um, let's, let's give uh, the people a quick update on the heat. Kevin Durant has a sign. All right, next topic. Nah, um, dog, chill. Hold on, hold on. Because we had a really good conversation last week. You yeah. Know, about, uh, and it's funny, dog, because I feel like I'm turning into a real, you know, analyst type reporter okay. out here, dog. Okay. Because I remember coming on this episode last week, right, with Sergio sitting right here. You were sitting right there. I was sitting right here. This is where I usually sit. Usually. And I had said something along the lines that Kevin Durant is the first domino that needs to fall. Right. And until then, the, N- the NBA is at a standstill. And lo and behold, the NBA is still at a standstill. Now, granted, we did have one move. DeAndre, DeAndre Ayton did get offered a max contract. Correct. And, and the Suns matched it. Correct. Which we were not expecting. It, w- very quickly, too, because I felt like I think Sergio and I were the ones who said, like, yeah, we need to see Aiden. What happens with Aiden? Right. Because we talked a lot about Miles Turner going to uh, leave in Indiana and Indiana actually was the team that offered um, Aiden that contract or they signed him to that preliminary contract, which um, Phoenix had to match. And they did. Very quickly, yeah. you know, very quickly, which caught a lot of people by surprise because yeah. um, besides them not expecting it, it kind of meant that they took themselves out of the Kevin Durant race. Correct. For right now. Yeah. Right? And, and At the current moment. But, yeah, that that just kind of signals to you like, oh, okay, that they, they got their heart set on that. They're going to run it back with that team. Correct. Um, so, but anyways, you know, the fact that I, that's all we've been hearing now for the last week is, you know, the, the Kevin Durant is still the move that the Heat are pursuing. Yes. It's still the top, you know, priority for them. And it's still the, the number one deciding factor before you go after a Donovan Mitchell or – Maybe even Anybody Kyrie. Else? I mean, Anybody Kyrie is circulating again as far as being a potential to come out here, and we yeah. trade and we do a package with like because they're saying that we don't have enough value. This is what I'm I'm seeing is we don't have enough value in a trade package where it's centered around Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson plus draft picks. So that's not that's not enough for Brooklyn. So instead of getting you know going after the the KD, if that won't work out, it would be maybe okay. You don't want to give him up. Give us Kyrie instead. You can keep KD, and we'll throw. We'll throw you a point guard, you know, a championship caliber point guard in Cal Lowry, plus a young Tyler Hero and some draft picks. That could be possible. I, I would I don't know what your thoughts are on, on going after a, a point guard swap. Let's well, I would start with this, right? Like the problem with Brooklyn is that they kinda they're playing chicken, right? They're doing hundred and twenty miles per hour and they're playing chicken against the wall, right? And against Kevin Durant to see who's gonna blink first, who's gonna move first. Because in all aspects, technically, Kevin Durant doesn't have to be traded. You can request whatever you want. doesn't have to do, go anywhere because the Nets own the rights to his contract, right? So potentially, and I've seen the, the odds increase more and more day to day where the odds are increasing in him staying in Brooklyn, right? And ultimately having to play that one next year out, right, under... Uh, Steve Nash and forced to play with Kyrie, who already expressed his desire and his intentions to move forward after this final season where he's uh, obligated to Brooklyn and he can become a free agent afterwards. But I don't think that that Brooklyn really wants to do that. You know, they're showing that right now because of the haul that Utah got for Gobert, you know, and we know that obviously KD is more valuable than Gobert, but you know, when when they pulled that trade off, Danny Ainge kind of felt like, well, shit, you know, uh, I can do whatever I want now. And I, and I can make sure that I get 
prime for Donovan Mitchell. I can, and now the Sean Marks is looking at it, well, I can't lose my face in the NBA by just letting KD go for scraps. And he just re-signed with Brooklyn again to be their GM for like, I believe, another three, four years. So he's committed. Obviously, he's not beholden to KD. But does it look bad for him to give him up just because KD wants him to give him up for something cheap? I don't know. That's why I I, I always go back to I I don't know if the Heat can can afford to wait on Brooklyn to say, yeah, this is what we'll trade you, KD, with Kyrie, but you got to give me X, Y, Z, and this, that, and then the third team, because that just muddies everything up for the Heat. Right, as far as their salary cap is concerned, and how they're going to offer money to pieces moving forward, we're still going to have to uh, offer some type of extension to Tyler Hero within this next year, in order to keep him on his rookie deal. Or do you trade him? Like, there's a lot that goes into that. Does signing him to the extension make him less tradable or more tradable, since he'll be a better asset at a cheaper price? Maybe it depends on the season he has. It's just a lot of what ifs right now, you know. And um, for me, like you said, Riley and the Heat are still in it. Everything that I hear, everything that I read, everybody that I talk to in that in that world continues to say the same thing. You know, the Heat are not giving up on on trying to acquire Kevin Durant. I don't think they're interested in in dealing with Danny Ainge for Donovan Mitchell because I know that Danny uh, Ainge and Riley have that beef from way back when and. I don't know. I don't see them doing business together, you know, even with Wade being in Utah and being able to, like, smooth shit out. And maybe that that move doesn't work for us in the long run. But who knows? We saw the first piece get moved. Aiden re-signing with the Suns is huge, right? Because now the market for KD, for Kyrie, for all these other guys is getting smaller and smaller. And even the trade packages are starting to disappear because other teams are saying, okay, Phoenix is not going to move. I can't get. I can't be the third team in a in a big trade. Let me go make my smaller trade and improve my team that way. Right? Teams will start doing that. So, let's see. Uh, I wanted to ask you though, bro. Um, did you see Tyler Hero's new tattoo on his chest? I I did. Unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> I wish I what had. Do you think it. about that, bro? I mean, dog. I don't know, man. I don't know. I guess Jack Jack Harlow makes one song about you, and and you go off. Yeah, you just jump off the deep end. I mean, I just feel like. He's just trying to prove to his name, like describe his the doubters. tattoo. Describe the tattoo. It's like an owl piece, right? Like an owl, like and a, it, some sort of bird. It's a bird on his the middle of his chest with like some wings on like the upper parts of his chest region, I guess. And then it has what does it say? It says like no fear or no, no something, no money, something like that. It's a reference to work and money, right? And I just felt like he's making. A, a big, big statement, right? A big statement saying, yo, people don't want to think and believe no, in my talent. It's not even an owl. It's a, it's a lion. It's a lion. Look Sorry. at that. Sheesh. Look it's a, it the has, eyes of a lion. Right, so there's a cross in the middle of his chest, and that's the middle of the lion's face. It's just the eyes. And then at the bottom of it, where the top of the nose would be the number 2000. I'm assuming that's when he was born, the year 2000. I guess. And then it says, no work, no check. In red. In bright red. Bright red. Um. Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting move, Tyler. It's a uh, interesting artistic uh, thought process. But hey, bro. You know what? I don't care. You can tap whatever the hell you want. Just on ball your body. out. Just go out there and get buckets. You know what I'm saying? 
And look, and even his future is is up in the air. I just, I just so many things are up in the air with this Heat team right now, and and that's what what happens when you go after some of the best players in the NBA. Yeah, I see that. That's terrible. This is one of the Shit, worst tattoos I've bad, ever seen. Dude. Not even a tattoo hero. Just one of the worst tattoos bad, I've ever seen. Man, that's bad. That's hilarious. Um, so yeah. Hey, but oh, one thing to wrap up the Heat. Oh, uh, since you're looking up pictures of Heat players, like the. Carrying yeah. man that you are. Yep. Um, look up Kyle Lowry. What about him? My man looks like he's been in the gym, like losing weight, lifting weights. And um, I saw a picture of him recently. Where'd you see said picture? I'm, I'm going to send it to you. Body transformation. Yeah, viral. dude. Oh, wow. Yeah, dude. And it's a, uh, yeah, look at it right there. Doesn't he look like 20 pounds lighter right there off rip? <laughs> Uh, this is this is all the angles, bro. I guess, but that's another interesting piece to this puzzle, right? He looks thick right there. That was last season, obvs. Obvious. And he looks skinny. It's, it's this picture right here, bro, posted by Naveen Ganglani. That's the on guy. Instagram. He looks skinny. Or is this Twitter? This is like Twitter, actually. He looks like he took those words that Riley said in that uh, postseason conference to heart. You know, where he's like, oh, this guy called me fat. And he says, I need to get into better shape. I'll show him better shape. It looks like a good picture, dog. It could just hey, be. Hey, it picture. could be, dog. But but now nah, he does. I'm, I'm just, I'm just fine. He, you know, he, he does look like he's a bring little, that a energy, little, a little leaner. He needs that energy. You know, he needs to bring that energy to training camp, you know? Yeah. And if it, I'm not a fan of running it back per se, but, but if everybody does come back motivated, high, uh, Tyler comes back motivated, stronger, uh, right? Healthier. Kyle Lowry comes back stronger. In better shape, healthier. Jimmy comes back healthier. We had a great team. We were the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. We still need to improve. One game away from the finals. We still need to improve the team. We know we were still a good. We were a great team. I get that, but But we were that we were a good team. We were a good team, but we overachieved. Ultimately, we overachieved. Now we need to turn into a great team. Now we turn into a great team. Whatever that means, whether it's adding a piece or two, what? Or, or it's two things, or subtracting a piece or two. No, no, I think it's just two things. Either we get KD or or Mitchell, right? People want Mitchell or KD. You go get the star, or you go get the position that you need the most, which is power forward and center. You go get a power forward or a center, and and you plug that hole and you work on everything else, right? You hope that Kyrie's better. You hope that Oladipo. Turns it up. You hope that Max Drews bounces back. Uh, Caleb, Duncan, company, whatever. Yeah. So, let's see. Um, let's talk about the Open, bro. Mm. What an what an event. What a difficult course. What a prestigious event. 150th tournament held there in think, Scotland. Think about that for a second, dog. 150. 150. A century and a half ago. Yeah, dog. But they had the first one. You know what I mean? Like, that's wild. It is, bro. The, the fourth major championship of the uh, golf season, right? Yeah. Because it's not. I wouldn't say PGA because the, the the Open Championship correct isn't affiliated. It's run by the RNA, I believe. Um, but man, it, what an end to to the major run this year. I mean, we saw Scotty Scheffler um, put on a hell of a performance at the Masters, right? We saw Justin Thomas with a phenomenal comeback victory to win the pga championship we saw matthew fitzpatrick just about a month ago at the country club in uh massachusetts nice have an uh, impressive phenomenal weekend a great and, weekend. and bested you know and, and ended up winning there again after he had won the amateur there you know like eight years prior and so won, won his first professional tournament and it was a major you know what i mean and the, the storylines were phenomenal so with arnie we, remember i hit that that crazy stat about uh arnie palmer not a palm was it palmer yeah that he won his amateur 
championship oh, and, and the, the, and the, the same place or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dope. But yeah. anyways, I say all of that to say that it's been a build up, right? It's all it's all a build up to, to, to this to, one. To now this one, the final one, right? It's the the open championship. It's the one that takes place across the pond, right? Uh it doesn't happen here uh in the States or whatnot. Right. And uh man, did it, it did not disappoint. No, the storyline was, weekend, dog. was incredible. Um let's just get right into it, talk right? To me, talk um, to me. Rory was the 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 face of this tournament, I felt like, right? Because he's, I was telling my my father in law, um, I felt like Rory over the last five years, probably even longer, has really, you know, held the torch for those European players, right? Saying, you know, most consistent, best player, uh, most media friendly, uh, really pure about the game, respects the game, works on his game, um, wins, right? Maybe not majors, but he wins tournaments, makes money. I felt like Rory embodies all of that, right? And him having some momentum coming into this tournament, him always playing well at this tournament, I felt like just kind of was building up the story. Like, man, maybe this is the one that Rory wins, breaks the drought, eight-year drought of winning a major, and gets this prestigious tournament on the 150th anniversary, right? Our best European player would win that tournament. Yeah. It would be crazy. I mean, to, to add to that, yeah, the, the storyline was around Rory. He was the the, the favorite going into this tournament. Yep. Um, they're back home. I mean, he it was in Scotland. He's uh, Irish or whatever, um, but same difference, same right? Difference. You know, they all those guys rep each other and drink whiskey, right? Um, and <laughs> but you know, it, back at St Andrews, right? Yes, Which is, I mean, that's the home of golf. That's I mean, because the Open Championship switches locations every year. Is not going to be in the same place. Going to be in the UK, but it's not necessarily at the same uh, course that, that switches. Right. So they won't play at the the St Andrews, the old course at St Andrews for another you know eight six eight years or whatever it is in, in next in the rotation. Um, so they were back to St. Andrews, right? Uh, Rory, you know, like you just mentioned, he hasn't won a major in quite some time. He, you know, he won four in a, in, in a quick, uh, span in a short span, but, and you know, then he's been on the drought. He he hasn't been able to get back to that. And he's top 10, he's backdoor top fives. You know, he's always around there. And and, and the thing that's hurt Rory, you know, historically now in the, in the most recent history is usually his opening round. He has a horrible opening (laughs) round. And then that really, that really hurts him because he, he get, you know, it's, it's, it's tough it, to come you're back. You're putting from. yourself out of it from the start, right? Right. It's not like he's having an okay round. It's like no. Then now he has to claw back, and then we've seen him get close on Sunday. But it's like, damn, if he would have had just a couple better strokes on that opening round, it would have been more viable. And this and this tournament, he actually flipped the script. Shot a sixty six in his first round. Phenomenal, you know, weekend from him. He was up there in the in the first, you know, uh, the the final pairings most most of the, most weekend, of the weekend or whatever. Yep. And he, he had a great, you know, great tournament man but in the end and then to, you know uh, he great tournament capped off by a round where the final round where he went two under two putted every single hole and still lost and still lost didn't even come in second you know and it, and it goes to show you you know you can you drive he's, he's synonymous with having the most beautiful golf swing as far as like a driver swing the purest golf the purest driver swing and he does but as the saying goes you put for you drive for dough and you I'm sorry, you drive for show, show and you right. putt for dough. And that's what exactly what we saw this weekend. That his putter let him down on Sunday, man. Absolutely. And even even his driver when he really needed it, right? Because on the 18th hole, we saw Cameron Smith um, not drive the green, but he pretty much put himself on the fringe. Yeah, he put it right? up, up there. Got within maybe 10 yards of the cup, right, where he can hit that putter and roll it up like most of the players do to kind of just get within five feet. That's your goal. I right. want to get within three feet to five feet and make those easy 
easy putts. Yeah, and even Cam Young that was paired with him put it on the green. But before I get to Cam Young, like, um, because he, he, we got to talk about his shot for sure. Yeah, we but will. with Cameron, like when he drove it that far, he kind of knew he was like, okay, that's exactly what I wanted to do. Now I can just get up there, make my birdie putt, and walk away and put the pressure on Rory to do the same thing. And Rory couldn't. You know, he ended up about I want to say like thirty yards, real yeah, short. He, end, he ended real up well short. short, yeah, real short from on that drive. And I was like, damn. But I, even before then, you know, even before then, I mean, uh, he just he needed a, a better a better start. I mean, he had the fireworks over the weekend. He had that that hold bunker yes. shot on ten, yes. I think on Saturday. It what was. a shot! And he got dude. That whole place erupted, man. It was it was nuts. And he was getting some breaks. He was getting some good bounces, some good breaks and stuff. And it was kind of like. Damn, this is all gonna happen. Right. This is perfect. Like Rory is the the the, the story. The, he's he, it. Like he's he it. is the uh what is this called? The 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 protege, like the the child, like yeah. the you the know one. the face he's the chosen yeah, one. Yeah, of golf after Tiger, obviously, but like especially in Europe, like to to your point, it was all adding up, but Man, Mr. Inter- Mullet, man. Mr. Mullet, man, came back. And interesting, two interesting Talking things. Talking to the mic, dog. You, two, uh... two interesting things, right? Um, first thing, I actually saw that shot f- f- on Saturday while I was playing golf. We went, hit the turn, and we were inside the the restaurant or whatever grabbing some beers before we headed back out. And we're in there, and we're like, oh, Rory, you know, look at him playing good. And everybody's like, ah, oh, in the bunker. You're not going to get out of this row. Nailed it like a Steph Curry three. What a shot, bro! Nailed it. Um, but I, that wasn't even the best shot of the tournament, in my opinion. The best shot of the tournament was um, Cameron Young's fifteen foot eagle. Because I, I don't know if you guys have ever watched this tournament, but if you have, you know how notoriously rough and hard those greens are. Very hilly, lots of rolls. Links off. You know what I mean, like. You nope, gotta, not a lot of water or OB, nah. but there's like wispy grass. The yes. course isn't really maintained. It's Tough. like natural to the earth. Correct. And this dude, Cameron Young, hit a pure, pure stroke to knock down this eagle and put himself into second place and force Rory to hit another shot, which he couldn't. So that was the so that was the other interesting storyline. Right? This kid, Cam Young, he he comes out firing. I think he's the the first uh, he's the, the first leader on the, after the first day. Right, he's yeah. an eight under has an eight under round shot of sixty four. Nobody else is near that. Everybody's like, wow, this kid, Cam Young, can really you know hit the ball and he can putt well. You know, yes. he has a, he has kind of a complete game, and um, you know he was paired up with. Um, Cameron Smith. So we had two Camerons in the penultimate group, and Cam Cam Smith had you know he he had the momentum going with him already. He his putter was high. He was making he couldn't miss. He was making everything, even on this one hole where he had a long par putt. Real quick, do you think that he's the best putter in the PGA Tour right, right now? now? Yes, for sure. Right, hands down. My my me and my father in law were talking about it. It's like, bro, I, I've and never seen the, nobody nobody put in a pressure situation. There's Dude, nobody that's gonna putt better than that he's guy. Gonna right nail right his now. shit. Yeah, um, for sure. But anyways, going back to that, you know, he started off the back nine with four or five birdies in a row. Five straight birdies. So it's like, all right, you know, it, it, you got to do something. And Cameron Young was doing that. He was battling him, right? And it comes down to the final hole, 18, and Cameron Young is at uh, 17 under. And Cameron Smith is at 19 under. And Smith puts it up there, like you said. Doesn't get it on the green quite. So it's like, man, if he doesn't get a good shot here and he ends up two-putting for the par and somehow, some way, Cam Young can eagle this hole, they're tied and they go to a playoff. Which when I'm texting my crazy. boys, I'm like, yo, this shit might go to a playoff, son. It's going to be a Are you watching bad. this or what? Yeah. And then plus, you got Rory back there. You never know. Maybe yeah. Rory holds yeah. out or something like that. And you got a three-way playoff. I was calling. And I'm like, bro, this is going to be epic right that now. That would have been so wrong. Lo and behold, 
Cameron Young puts the ball on the green, makes that incredible putt for Eagle, and ends up tying Cam Smith. Yeah. But the best putter on tour, like we just established, Nailed nails, man. He had, I don't even remember how long his birdie putt was, but he just drilled it. It was like nine to Yeah, it was like 11, 10 feet. It was like nine to and he, eight, 10 feet. And there was feet. no question that that ball was not in the center of the country. No, hell no. And he ends up at 20 under, breaking the previous record of 19 under, which Tiger Woods held. Yes. What blew my mind and is how, the tournament. What blew my mind is like how calm Cameron Smith was whenever he had to put. Like he's not a dude that like adjust, readjust, looks at his line multiple times. Nah. This he dude has an interesting process. Very interesting, very quick, very direct, sets himself up, knows where he wants to go, knows how he wants well, to hit it and hits it. He doesn't do any practice swings in his putting nope. stroke. So most guys, you know, they'll look at the hole like Tiger, right? They'll, they'll the do little a couple, half swing. A couple half, <laughs> yeah, a couple half. Just <laughs> kind of get the feel in your hand. And then you look down at your alignment again, right? And then you kind of look back at the target. And then you look back down at your alignment. And then you fire. Usually that's how it goes. He has an interesting process in the sense that he doesn't do the practice swings at all. He just lines up, gets his hands to the where he wants it to. And then he looks a couple times, I think twice, right? He looks down, back, down. And then the last look. This is the interesting one. He looks at that ball for so long. It's like an awkward length, like three seconds that he's just looking down over at that ball. And then finally, when he's like, all right, I'm ready. He this looks is it. Back down and he just strokes it. And it works. I'm going to start trying it, dog. Next next round we play, I'm definitely trying if this. If there's ever a game that, you know, different strokes for different folks exist, it's this one. And, and you know, for as interesting as it is, it works for him. And we just said it. He's the best putter right now. And and there's a lot of good putters out there, right? We've seen guys win tournaments off their putts alone. Yeah. And um, none of them can hold the candle to, to Smith. None of them. None of them. None of them. And his haircut. Come on, man. You know, John Daly giving him a shout-out on the tweet. Yeah. Uh, was pretty cool. You know, mullets winning tournaments is always badass. And for him to win his first uh, major tournament like that as uh, such a prestigious tournament fuck man you couldn't yeah, you couldn't script he, it better he for won like that. he won earlier this this year at the players championship here in florida yeah um which again the putter he he was putting lights out that that round that that whole tournament too and that's ultimately what would help them win in a tough that's a tough ass track man. absolutely and then you know now going out there you know and, and winning his first major i mean he, he he's already i think he's already solidified himself as one of the you know top players in the game today yep. but i think with that this major victory i think he just solidified himself as one of the greats to play well this game. right now he's ranked number two right behind scotty you know and 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 if you look at it he deserves that spot right um because he's won, played well, and when you win big tournaments, you deserve that that type of respect, you know. And just as much as winning tournaments gets you that, playing consistent and playing well gets you there too. Because Rory's not too far behind at number three, you know. And uh, I feel like this is probably the best year that Rory's had without winning a major tournament. Right, because in, in recent history, yeah, because not like he melted down and had terrible. No, no, no. dude, he, he's played real he's phenomenal. Consistent. He's been yeah, consistent, very, very, very well. When his as far as the tuning that his game is in right now, he just can't get seem to get I, over that I, hump. I, I think he's he finished top ten in every major this year. Nasty man, that guy's nasty. Speaking of top ten, here's our top ten for the the Open Championship. Number one, Cameron Smith shooting a eight under. 64 on Sunday with a total of 20 under par. Uh, second place, Cameron Young, the young gun. This guy's going to be a problem. Big time. Um, third place was Rory McIlroy at 18 under. Then we had a tie for fourth place with Tommy Fleetwood and Victor Hovland. Hovland was in that final group with yes. uh, with Rory in the end on Sunday. He kind of went down on he, that. He didn't have a great goal. round, no, man. This no. kid's good. He's yeah. a good kid, and I, a lot of people like really like uh, praise him for his talent. 
Uh, frankly, I don't know if he he has what it takes. I think he's he's a great, but I think he's like really good among these other great giants. A, yeah, man. You know what I mean? And I think I, I don't know, man. It's gonna take some 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 real wins, some big wins for for me to come around on Hovland. I mean, he think he's a good player. I like him and all that, but from his generation of guys like Morikawa and right. stuff like that, I'm kind of I lean more towards those guys. Um, behind them, you got Brian Harmon, Dustin Johnson, tied for six. So a live guy, DJ, coming in six. Actually, two live guys. You got Bryson DeChambeau tied with uh, Jordan Spieth and Patrick Cantlay. For, uh, at Shout out for to eight. my dog, Patrick. So you had two guys from the live tour um, that were in we're the top in ten, 10 of this yeah. major. And uh, That's I, interesting. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And look, and if let's let's go over the world golf rankings right now, right? We got Scotty at number one, Cameron Smith at two, Rory at three, Patrick at four, right? Patrick should not be you, there. Guess who's five? Your guy uh, from Spain. Oh, John Rahm. Yeah. Yeah, Rumble. The, the Ramanita. He was, he was world number one. Killing it. Xander Shuffley. 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 Killed it this year, too. Played yeah, really he good. he just had two back-to-back wins right before. Right? He was, he, I had him in my fan going into this because he was so hot. I was like, you got to ride him. And then to round out the top ten, listening to these names. Justin Thompson. Uh, Thomas Col- or Thomas? Thomas, sorry. I was looking at another name. Cole, uh, Colin Morikawa, Victor Hovland, who we just talked about, and Matt Fitzpatrick. Who had a really good round? This I mean, he has a major. Yeah, and it's funny. And he Hovland, well in the Hovland is ranked ahead of Matthew Fitzpatrick. Yep. And Matthew Fitzpatrick has a major championship. Yep, Yeesh. something to think about. But that's that's what consistency nah, but, but gets. Hovland, you. Hovland I, I talk about Rory in top tens. Hovland is like Mister Top Ten. Like yeah. he's always up there. He just can't separate from the. The pack. man knows how to earn a living. I think. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But shit, hey. if that's the case, you better head over to the Live Tour, dog. Uh, he, yo, you, did you hear the news about who they just signed? It wasn't a they, player. Who was that? They signed David Faraday. Do you know who David Faraday is? No. He's there. David Faraday is one of the more prominent uh, uh, analysts and stuff like that and oh, uh, like shit. reporters for the PGA. Gotcha. And he has a, a, a deal with Golf Channel where the he bag. has Faraday Live. He does like a, like a show or whatever. It's really good. Um, he's an Irish guy. He's an accent. He's like real animated. He's cool shit. Damn, fool. I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah, dog. You know definitely David Faraday. For sure. He's, uh, he, you, you know his voice. When you hear his voice, you know who I'm talking about. I but he's going to live, dog. Damn. I mean, look. They're, going, li- they're pulling out all the stops. Liv is trying to do what every big company that wants to compete does. You got to buy the talent first and overpay for the talent and then hope. Hell yeah, I know who that guy yeah, is, bro, man. Um, yeah. Um, they, they buy the talent, overpay for the talent, and then try to build up the 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 product that that gets put out there right like if you look at the live when you're watching it on on your computer or whatever it's not as aesthetically pleasing it looks no. a little you know what i mean they still have those type of kinks to figure out the the way that the game is played and well, stuff like that. Well, they need to figure out the broadcasting rights in the states. Yes, you know all that I mean? stuff. They need to all get that, that stuff. All that stuff. But that's what I'm saying. You pay consume. right. You overpay for the talent first, and then you figure it out. And that's the mode that they're in. Because if you look at it, they're just well, yeah, because they can have. Anybody. You look at all these other platforms like the Zone or right. Like, Whatever, you know, I can't think of another one right now, but Benator, you, you look um, at Pride, certain platforms, right? And they can do it right, have a dope app and all that, but they don't, if they don't have a product that's drawing us there, we're not going to do anything with it. So, yeah, I can see that approach in the sense that, you know, they're going to get the talent first, get the product first, and then they'll build around that. For sure. They're doing it, dog. I mean, they got two got two of their guys just finished top 10. That that has to be really good for them. Yep. You know, um, there's still a lot of drama going on there. There's some words from Tiger, which yep. obviously we're talking golf 
and we're talking a major championship. You, you thought we weren't going to talk Tiger. You must be Psych. Up goddamn mind. Um, but there were some, you know, some words that Tiger kind of had towards the Live Tour and, and Greg Norman and stuff because Greg Norman wasn't invited to the Champions Dinner, even though he's a former champion. Nice. And um, there was a little bit of beef there. A little beef? Yeah, there's a little bit of beef there. And Tiger was kind of. Golf has had a lot of beef this year. Right? Go- Tiger was kind of just propping up the PGA, you know what I mean? Kind of co signing them and, and that his stance with that, which is totally understandable. Of course. Um, but live is here, dog. I mean, yeah. we're, we're at least at least for right now. And look, you know what? Um, two comparisons that we can make to the live tournament and what it is that they're doing locally here, from what we've seen, right? Um, first and foremost, the uh, Pro Box TV, right? Uh, Victor Bermudez, fan of the program, has launched that network. Uh, or is helping launch that network. They've invested in Roy Jones Jr., um, Antonio Tarver, Polly Maginali. Um, what's the other dude? Juan Manuel Marquez. And they're putting up real good fights with real good talents and putting up that real good production. That's stuff that attracts viewers. And like we saw firsthand, which we're going to be out there August 5th. Um, your boy Soso and Joel and Jesse are going to be out there bringing you some boxing action from Plant City. But we also saw it with um, Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship, right? How they progressed from putting on their production. They they started to build it up, sign a couple of names, and now their production value is much higher than what it was before. And now the names that they sign are coinciding with the production, and it looks much better, and the product is much better. And the fans like you and I get to enjoy something even more so. So I'm sure that Liv will get there eventually. It's just going to be hard to compete with the PGA right now because they've been around forever. No, so. absolutely. I mean, the PGA is still the PGA. Is still a monster. For sure. For sure. But it's just showing that, you know, hey, you don't hold all the cards anymore. For sure. You know, now there's a couple more players in this game. And yeah. things can get interesting. Yeah. Um, but we know for a fact there's one guy that no matter how much money they throw at him is not going to go over there. And that's Tiger Woods. Facts. And I just wanted to segue back into Tiger. I started to talk about him a little bit uh, in this weekend. It was a little disappointing. He uh, he missed a cut. He, he man, that first hole of his whole tournament was a bad Rough. open. So he hits his drive. Guess where his drive landed? Way right. Nope. Where? In a divot. Oh, shit. Ends up in a divot. He ends up double bogeying the first hole to start the, the whole tournament, dog. Sounds familiar. I mean, I wish. <laughs> I wish, dog. Um, I wish I'd be playing at St. Andrews in double bogey. I won't be mad at that. I will never be mad at but, that. But, yeah, man, he just didn't have a great round. He just he never even got close to sniffing the cut. Um, he just didn't look like he was in championship form and, you know, wasn't championship tiger. Um, he, he's still dealing, you know, he can, yeah, still, you can, he tell. can tell he's not at a hundred. Um, and it was kind of sad, you know, when he walked off at the end on, on the second day when he was walking over the bridge and stuff like that, the whole no, but crowd, sad. Was, it is sad because the fact that he won't have another shot there at the old course at that particular course, yeah. you know, open will be back next year. It might be at Carnoustie or, you know, wherever it is, but it, it won't be at the old course. Yeah, I mean, but he's the old course is, Yeah. But I'm saying again, it was, it was kind of like, it was a sad moment, I guess, in the sense that it's like, that's it. Like it's not, he's not even going into the weekend can i say something to you uh, hardcore golfer fans right because i'm a amateur golfer fan right um we gotta we gotta recognize that what we see of tiger is kind of like what we saw of like the any any superstar like jordan when he was on the wizards hell yeah everybody wanted jordan to win Everybody wanted Jordan to make the playoffs and, and win in the playoffs and shit like that. But we also recognize that what we're seeing is the greatness of Jordan, regardless whether he wins or not, regardless of the Wizards making the playoffs or not. I feel like that's where we're at with Tiger, right? Where what we see from Tiger is just like, damn, this dude right here has been through everything. The bottom of the bottom, the top of the top, the struggles, the hype, the this, the that. The, the brand, the, the, you know what I mean? Like, and we still get to see it in person and him 
competing like he would want to compete. You know what I mean? That's why I'm like, it's not sad. It sucks. It sucks to have him go out. I'd rather have Tiger no, B. No, and I don't need him in the top Tiger 10. Play. I just want him in the top 30. No, we, anytime, we that, anytime that we can see Tiger play, is exactly. it, we We're that's going to be, we got to take what we can get. We're winning. But again, it was, again, it was just the, the amalgamation of the moment. You know, St. Andrews, the old course, yeah. taking over the bridge. You know, he won't be able to go. He might. It he hurt. might, he might be hurt. able to go back. I'm sure it hurt him. He had tears in For his sure. eyes. You can tell. For sure. But we'll see. It just depends how many more years he has left on him you know he's not getting any younger but for sure but look we know that tiger's always going to be involved with the game of golf Absolutely. right so like that guy is a i don't know man that legend isn't a big strong enough word you know what i mean no. he's like a god of football of soccer of soccer soccer football, football all baseball. that stuff he's, a god of, he's, he's just a god no of golf you know what i mean and 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 for for eternity he will be bigger yes, than sir. jack nicholas bigger than anybody so. that's it man um real quick bro let's uh give a preview to the people to what we got coming up we got some 365 uh game of the week videos yep. coming up 175 subscribers yes sir hit we, that. go hit that go hit that button and then uh we got the what francesco ricci we got um, that this week the bkfc Middleweight champ. Yeah, so we're going right. to be doing like a podcast interview basically at his training gym. Yes, sir. Um, where Sosa's going to sit down and kind of pick his brain after the fight, after the championship, and, you know, what's next in store for him. Yeah, and uh, his coming up, upcoming match to defend the bell against the Marine, um, Davis. Uh, and then we also got the Pro Box TV event, like I mentioned earlier. That's going to be coming in around August, mid-August, so make sure to look out for that. Yep. So we got, three, a, we got a lot going on here. Football, we got a video coming out. We got the championship coming up. It's 100th guys, episode right around the corner. If you guys want, actually, we forgot to mention that. If you guys want to be a part of the uh, the flag football uh, championship game, want to come yes. out and see the game live in person and get a chance to be on the channel, uh, we'll Drop keep us. you guys posted on, on the date, but uh, it should be... Drop us. Uh, it should be next Thursday. Drop us a yeah. com- uh, hit us up on the DM or drop a comment on any one of our videos, and we'll definitely hit a response to let you guys know when the championship game will be, and then you guys can come in attendance and see the sports with also do their thing in person. Yes, sir. And then you can learn how to tell somebody. Tell who? To tell a friend. Tell who? To tell a friend. A friend? To tell a friend. To tell another friend. To tell another friend. To tell one more friend. To tell one more friend about this amazing podcast and all the great things that we got going on. Trust me, nobody else is bringing you this stuff on a local sports network or content or anything like that. Nobody. Just me and Joel. So make sure to go hit that subscribe button. Hit that comment button. Hit that like button. Follow us on social media. And you know what to do. Until next time. Peace. Peace.